Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast. This is the special Game of the Year edition, uh, where we are going to be talking about uh, the Video Game Awards 2020, and uh, as as we do every year. And um, joining me on this podcast is the always insightful Chris DeHoog. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here no on the uh, proverbial to... red carpet. Excited to hear about uh... oh, uh, Chris. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty twenty. It's sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the style of choice. Those are Baramani. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Fresh. <laughs> and of course, we have the uh, the excellent Alex Hansiuk. Thanks, Jordan. I'm wearing a, 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 you know, combination pajama pants with Star Wars Stormtroopers on them and Superman t-shirt uh, because comfort never takes a day off and style shouldn't. <laughs> I'm outdressed. Damn. I, you know what? And, and it, it's so funny because I'm actually wearing jeans. So like, I am the most dressed up out of all of us. You know, I, I heard this earlier uh, when COVID was starting. It was like three months in and people are like, I don't remember the last time I wore jeans. And I kind of laughed at that. But now that I think about it, I don't know if I've worn jeans in the past, like, four or five months. Jeans are for oh, the outside. We, we don't go there. Sometimes I will just make a point to, like, put on a pair. Because, like, I was doing the exact same thing, like, the, for the first, like, at the beginning of it, I was just, like, it was just, like, sweatpants every day. And then it was just, like, I, you know, I, I had that point where I was, like, you know, I think just for, like, my own mental health, I need to just put on some, like, jeans and maybe, like, a dress shirt <laughs> just to feel <laughs> like I'm still functioning. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so why don't uh, oh, well, sorry, I, 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 I can talk more about jeans, but I guess that's not we're not having a <laughs> <laughs> this, that's next week's podcast. It's the all jeans podcast. You say these things, I feel like next week we won't be talking about jeans, but I guess that's a topic well, next week. So, what, what pixels what, and ink and denim, <laughs> or just pixels and denim? Yeah, you don't want denim though, it's hard to wash off. So, well, well I true. mean, we devoted a whole we devoted a whole podcast to um, you know, chairs. Or like half a podcast to chairs, so I feel like we could devote everybody a podcast wears, to not jeans. everybody wears pants. So uh, I guess that's true. Yeah. But let's uh, let's let's dive into it. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of categories, and we're not going to be able to get to everything. Um, I've sort of chosen, I guess, just a choice few of the ones I think that you know we should talk about. Um, and, uh, and so let's get to it. So we have uh, first the uh, best narrative award. The uh, the nominees are Thirteen Sentinels, which I don't even know what that is. I've I didn't even I've never even heard of it. Um, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. I I know that's such a mean thing to say, but I saw that on the list and I was just like, what What is this even? Thirteen Sentinels, uh, Aegis Rim. Is yeah. that that that's is that that weird like Square Enix game that was like stealth but like not I don't know. It's that's from Atlas and oh, okay. Vanillaware, published by Sega as well, actually. Oh well. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. I don't even know. Um. So yeah. So so it's, it's, it's Thirteen Sentinels, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Two. Um. You know, and that there's a laugh right there. So, uh, it's interesting because Thirteen Sentinels actually came out of Japan last year, so it's kind of weird to see it. Like, oh, it's the best narrative for 2020, and it's like, oh, but it came out last year, kind of thing. I mean, it it it, it did get its worldwide release in September this year, but it's just kind of like a oh, I guess. I feel like. It, it maybe it was one of those those games that just had to fill the slot because 2020 has kind of been a very light year on releases. 
Yeah, yeah, I so could get. It was just like, what else do we have here? Uh, this is a game that came out last year, but only came out here today. So, okay, get, put it up there. I mean, Thirteen Sentinels is on there. I mean, like that says something about the the pool of candidates. <laughs> yeah, it just shows you this is the twenty twenty is the sad year. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting. Like <laughs> Thirteen Sentinels is also the only one, and I, you know, we we've talked about Thirteen Sentinels, Thirteen Sentinels more than I thought we would, and it'd be fun if it won Best Narrative. But everything else on this list oh, is up for Game of the Year as well, which is Final Fantasy Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Two. Um, so that's uh that's interesting. I mean, I, I I guess it makes sense that the best games would also be in contention for the best narrative. And I'm yeah. sure as, as I look down these categories, there's a lot of like, hey, like you're not going to be game of the year if you're not in the other categories, too. So makes sense. Yeah. Now, uh, I guess. So what, what what do you guys think? What are your what are your picks for best narrative? So I don't you don't want to hear this, Jordan, um, but <laughs> don't even last, don't. If you're, you're going to say what I think you're going to say <laughs> is a game where I think that the gameplay. I'm not a fan of the gameplay. I don't like the gameplay, but it's basically just like giving you a cinematic film experience kind of thing and like that's that's the thing where it's like hey narrative is sort of the driving force of that game as opposed to gameplay and you 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 kind of slog through the gameplay in my opinion to to get to the narrative for those for those who like it so i i think the last of us 2 kind of has a good uh, a good a good shot there uh, final fantasy remakes interesting because it's like sort of very different than the original game so they actually did narrative mm-hmm. changes and whether you agree with them or don't agree with them it's kind of it's it's an interesting option there too. Well, uh, Chris, what do you, what do you, what about you? Um, see now I'm there, there is, there, there is a good argument for last of us too. Again, I, I haven't played it. I didn't finish the first game. Um, but from what I've heard, it definitely was ambitious. You could say, um, I've, I've heard a lot of strong arguments on both sides of the aisle for this one, people loving it and people hating it. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it definitely, sounds like has taken some bold decisions so like it has that going for it personally i mean from this list i can't really speak for ghost of tsushima and hades is kind of like a roguelike so that doesn't feel like it should be you know a narrative contender but my my choice is final Fantasy 7 remake uh, which just sounds kind of funny to say that it's the best narrative of 2020 considering it's a game that came out in 1997 and uh you're essentially taking one piece of that story and adding a few things to it but uh yeah um, just in the, in the way, just just the way it was presented to, like taking that familiar story and presenting it in a new, a new and worthwhile way, I, I, it gets my vote. Yeah, see, that's I guess that's kind of where like what I was thinking too, because I, you know, I definitely think like like it's it is it is weird to look at Final Fantasy VII remake um, as a best narrative contender, considering that like yeah, like it's only like the first, you know, maybe like in terms of like the entire scope of like the actual like original final fantasy 7 it's you know it's maybe like the first what like five chapters of if you know if the game was a novel then like that's like the first like five chapters of of the game maybe um but i also i will say that like i i also do think that though like the 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 first bit of final fantasy 7 um from a narrative standpoint probably is the best part of the game like you know where it's really getting into like the themes of like like capitalism and like um environmentalism and sort of like you know the like the, the destruction of the planet through like corporate greed like it actually does have a lot of very strong themes behind it um then sort of once you get out of midgar it does kind of like veer off a little bit and get more into like uh like i guess like the the fantasy element and it, it does lose a bit of its narrative uh like thrust um so i can see why it would be up there 
I like you guys. I can't really speak to, uh, or I, I guess I, I like you, Chris. I can't really speak to Ghost of Tsushima because I haven't played it. Um, but I think for like, I guess like for like a you know uh, a samurai revenge story, like it's obviously going to have a pretty strong narrative behind it. Mm-hmm. Where where we where we sort of are at odds, um, and I have I know I've talked about this at length, um, is with The Last of Us because I kind of disagree with the point um, that it's like a very not that it's not like that it's not you know it, it it's a cinematic game yes but in terms of narrative its narrative is a mess and i've said this before like a hundred times like its story is kind of like it's not presented well um like you're not really you, you know you're 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 sort of like told to empathize with characters who are sort of like beyond empathy and you know, and and yeah, we're getting into we are going to get into. I'm going to get into spoiler territory, so you know, skip past this bit if you don't want to hear it. Like the point that it tries to make, and this is sort of what the what actually sold me on the game was like when I was watching um, Donkey's review of it, and he was talking about how like it does this really interesting thing where like you play as Ellie and she's out for revenge, but then sort of at like what is supposed to be like the climax of the game, you switch perspectives to what is supposed to be the, you know the quote unquote <laughs> villain of the game as abby um and you know and it's supposed to be that whole like you know seeing a a different perspective of the whole thing but where it where it falls apart where it fell apart for me um was that like there in no way is abby the villain of the game she's kind of an antagonistic figure maybe but like playing through it i honestly did feel that like Abby was the protagonist. She should have been. Ellie ended up turning into like an like a straight up villain, right? So it's just sort of weird that like that you know from a narrative perspective, it sort of tries to make you feel like like Ellie is the one who you're supposed to be like empathizing with and rooting for the entire game and and everything that she is doing is justified. Um but then like everything that the actual story kind of gives you it sort of presents the opposite point of it so, and then like not a, oh sorry so, go ahead Alex. So, sorry jordan just i just want to jump in here because i mean i i think you're making a good point with it but i also think that that is sort of the point of the last of us because you go through the last of us part one and you're attached to ellie you might be attached to joe he did some shitty things but i you know you, your mileage will vary on that and you come into the second game with this assumption and with this sort of uh, i think justified feeling that ellie is the character you're going to be rooting for and then bringing in Abby as this sort of counterpoint to to um, to Ellie, as you know, Ellie should be the one you're cheering for. And then the more you learn about Abby, the more you're like, hey, you know what? Maybe this is the one. And you know, Ellie's starting to make bad choices. I I think from a narrative perspective, that's very strong because it takes a character that you thought very highly of, and then it presents their enemy who kills Joel, and you're like, well, there's no way I could like Abby. And then as as the narrative goes on, you're like, it does a flip flop. And then I think that makes the the ending uh, more poignant as a result of it. But well, okay. See, see, and this this is again, I, I, I kind of disagree with you on that point as well. Just because, like, it's you know the way that they're sort of trying to do, like, what they're trying to do thematically with that narrative is the whole idea of like you know who's really the villain, right? Like everyone has their like you know their upbringings and their communities and their dogs that they love, you know. So, but like the way that it sort of like actually is is sort of told better through abby's story like so it's like it's like you switch over to to abby's perspective and it's doing that whole like who's really the bad guy kind of thing right but then as you play through abby's story it does that exact same thing when you meet the character of lev 
And, you know, it's like, oh, these two these two communities who have been, like, at war with each other for who knows how long. And, you know, Lev has a completely different perspective on, like, how her community, like, you know, was founded and how it sort of, like, veered from the path. So Abby, along with the character or with the player, is, like, learning that same lesson of who's really the bad guy. So, like, to sort of double down on it, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like... In in my opinion, and I have said this before, like what would have just worked better and like where I actually think that The Last of Us 2 could have been a really strong, like, like, ha- like or have a really strong narrative would have been to just have you play as, as Abby for the entire game and only switch over to Ellie's perspective at the end. Like the ending 100% needed um, some tweaking, right? Because the whole, the way the ending plays out like with with how with how the story is structured now like the ending is just so like uh, like like unsatisfying and inconsequential well and no I, I i i think the point of the ending is it's supposed to make you feel like you're like 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 it's unfinished because the whole thing is like you want to take revenge on either side like you either ellie or abby or maybe you um connect with both of them but you, in video games generally we we get these moments of revenge. We get these moments of like putting a bullet in someone's head or like some sort of conclusion in that. And to leave it that both sides end up being unsatisfied. I think that's a very bold narrative choice. Um, I don't love the last of us part two, but I think from a narrative perspective, what it did with flipping the protagonist from the first game into maybe the antagonist and bringing this whole new character. I think that that is something that should be, should be applauded, but well, I, I don't, I know Jordan, I, <laughs> I, I know. And I think we all know, and I know you can talk about this for a long, long time. I think you've made your stance in the last of us part two okay. clear. All right. All right. You're, yeah. You're not, right. Okay. Not to say it's not like a point that, that makes sense and everything, but I like, I think that's, I think, I, I think we're kind of set there, but. Tooted, tooted to CGM flashbacks where we talk at length for three solid <laughs> hours about why I think the last of us two just doesn't work. Uh, sorry. We're only having one, one guest this season and they're already booked, but uh, Chris, do, any, I know you haven't played the last of us part two, or maybe you have, no, you said you haven't, but any I haven't, sort no, of yeah. thoughts on the story, anything you heard, or is it just kind of like, eh? Um, like I said, it's, it's hard to say without, without experiencing it for yourself. And I'm kind of with you on this, Alex, like, um, that that sort of unsatisfying ending is something that we don't get a lot in games. It's like I, I was thinking of, of, of other examples in, in, in media. Like it sounds a lot. It sounds a lot like The Walking Dead, like what it became in later seasons and mm-hmm. um, things like that. Or even even to draw a connection to Seinfeld and that you're that you're playing as unlikable characters potentially, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it, it's a it's a bold move for a game. And like as as someone who studied literature, like I, I kind of applaud them. You know, driving the narrative structure of games for whether it worked or not varies but you know they're trying something new and trying to use it more as an art form and i'm kind of i'm kind of on board with that whether whether i would have liked it myself or not i think i would take that much away from it cool i don't know i just i i think it's just it's weird for me just because like like, and you know and just not not to belabor it but just to make one one like last point it's just that like i don't know in my opinion abby as a character is genuinely so likable like she actually has a lot of like personality and even just like the way in like the game design like like they they gave her a fear of heights right anytime you actually go to like the the edge of like if you're standing on a tall building say and you go to the edge like it does this really cool like camera pan effect where it makes the drop look so much like farther right like and you see abby like freaking out like like it's just it's just the way that they actually actually gave her such a strong character 
like she's not really unlikable. It's like, okay, yeah, she killed Joel, and I guess that makes her unlikable. If well, really he's the protagonist, you know, of the first game. Yeah, but so, Joel uh, like, was such a piece of shit. Well, like, uh, okay, he was uh, always gonna die that way. He was never gonna ride off into the sunset like a. Like the, sure, like the sure, hero. but just just because a character is like doomed to die or doomed to thing doesn't mean that there isn't and he had it coming, or or things to care about. Yeah, I mean, like the whole point of The Last of Us is that, like, you know, and and I think a bit over the top how they sort of like bash it into your skull is that like people are flawed, and some are good, some are bad, but not really. We're all we're all gray. Welcome to centrism, folks. But that's just, that's, I... that's a different story. Was that pun intended of uh, driving into your skull? Was that intended? Oof. I know, but you know what? Well, <laughs> we'll go with it. I think, I, and I think that we beat the narrative, the narrative section to death. So, Jordan, yeah, what's All right, okay. what do we got? <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, okay, I could get into another rant. I, there's still lots of lots of room to talk about the it's Last it, of Us too. Best it comes up a lot on the list. Fuck. It does. I mean, <clears throat> best art direction. Um, we have the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades. Uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and <sighs> The Last of Us Part 2. I think The Last of Us Part 2 should win this. <laughs> oh, <award>. shut up! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I genuinely did make the little note on my sheet here. That's like, you know, that's a laugh. Because it's like, really? Really? I mean, okay, fine. Love or hate The Last of Us Part 2. You're going to give it points for art direction? It's a gritty, gray-brown, ultra-realistic... You know, art... Our direction doesn't have to like, just be bright colors and, and no, pretty I'm things. Sorry. It's, it's no, direction. No, it's, it's it's art not, direction. It's not really like, well, so, Jordan, what's your choice like, for art direction? <laughs> honestly, I would I would say it's a two way tie. Actually, no, it's not even a, a two way tie. Really, but it's it's Hades. Hades, hundred percent. Like Hades has style coming out the wazoo. Like it looks beautiful. Um, it's got such a great sense of like atmosphere. There's so much like little detail to it. And even just like, like the way that they that they just have have these like mountains upon mountains of like dialogue between characters, like that that you know comment on every little thing that happens, like it's just so it's it's it actually feels like it has like a, a genuine sense of like of style, like it has its own unique personality. You know, I like Ori and the uh, and and you know the the it's all its whole art style too. But you know, I think it's I think it's it is uh it, 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 compared to like compared to Hades, it's like it's just not the same. I kind of wanted to say Ghost of Tsushima, but then I remember it, it has like you know the, the 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 quote unquote Kurosawa mode, and I was thinking about that the other day, and it genuinely made me mad. Oh <laughs> no! Like... Please no no! Please please don't please don't finish <laughs> no. this. Plot. Just please listen, don't. Listen. No no no! Just just listen. like the fact that to the an optional feature in art direction that was approved no. by Kurosawa's family is something that you're like no, no. this is because, angering me. You know you know why you know why it makes me bad because it just at at the same time like I get I get that point of it but it honestly does feel like cynical because when you actually look at the ghost like Ghost of Tsushima like as a game like it's not designed to be this like you know tightly you know tightly produced like you know samurai like action game like linear like like god of war but with samurai like it's not it's not really like a hundred percent like like a story driven game it's an open world game where you have climb you powers it? to open have the map it? and you, have you yes it? i have played it no i haven't i lied but still i've seen <laughs> enough of it i know what it is i know what it okay, is okay well all right uh the last you of just... us part two is fantastic art direction i haven't played it but i'd really like it but 
let me let me finish my point. Okay, okay. So the fact that it's that just the way that the game is designed, it's clearly something that's meant to be for like a very broad audience. So like my question is how many people of you know how many of the you know the 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 16 to 20 something demographic that this game is clearly trying to reach with its like actual game design is really gonna know who kurosawa is and why this mode is effective they're gonna they're gonna turn that on and be like oh kurosawa means like black and white in japanese i guess it's like they're not gonna know so just i don't know it's i get why they did it like and and I, i i personally love it but I do think it's kind of cynical, like from from a from an artistic perspective. I uh, I don't know. I feel like not including it would have been more cynical. This is like a hey, if you're a fan of this genre and you're like buying this game because you're excited to play as a samurai or a ninja, you can play in like the style of one of the greatest or the greatest sort of filmmakers of that of that sort of space. Like that, that's cool. Do. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be for everyone. It doesn't have to be like every 15 or 16 year old kid is hopping into Kurosawa mode and being like, yes, I have seen all of his films, but I don't know. I feel like that's not a cynical thing. That's just like an added feature thing. I don't know. I, I just, I it, it, it feels like because, because they made a point to market it also. It wasn't like this was just some well, little yeah. thing that you could have found and been like, oh, that's really cool. It's like, no, it's like, no, that was part of the marketing. They knew what they were I, doing. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it makes sense to, you know, you get approval from Kurosawa's family to call it Kurosawa mode and you're making a samurai game. You're, you're, you're going to market that like that. That's that's just a good P- PR beat. Like that's just like yeah, it's in the game. Yeah, no, Check it out. Too PR. That's my problem. You ki- mm. You're killing the art, man. Video this games being too PR. I don't know, dude. This is all about the the, the capitalism, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, like that that Kurosawa mode is what made me think that it wasn't marketed to sixteen to twenty somethings. Like it seems, you know, marketed to older, like an older crowd of gamers. I I thought was my impression. Well, anyways. that mode probably would that like that. Yeah, sure. But like, I mean, but like, you know, the rest of the game is so like broadly, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, available. It's it's not like this is like some like, y'all, you guys didn't play the seven samurai game on PlayStation two. You don't. I'm know. sorry. Is, <laughs> I, you don't like the game because it's widely available. No, <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's, it's, it doesn't have good art direction because a lot of people can play it. I don't, I just, I don't, know if i fully like appreciate it i guess is my okay. is my yeah i mean like there, there's, not, there's not that two... i don't appreciate the mode itself i just i don't know if i fully appreciate the motives behind putting it in there i don't know to make I'm torn on this. <laughs> that's fair like there, there's three games on this list here that i wanted to play just based on looking at them without knowing anything about them really like ghost mm-hmm. of tsushima hades and ori like those are all just like breathtaking games just to just to look upon and like i was kind of sold on them right away with like without any concept of what they were about so right yeah hard hard to choose for me but i i think ghost of tsushima wins and i, I say that with a heavy bias towards final Fantasy seven remake so <laughs> I, I, I have no qualms giving ghosts that one you know i'm, I'm disappointed yeah, chris because uh i my, my choice is final fantasy 7 remake uh and i'm only like i don't know like 15 hours in so far but it's just such a pretty game and the direction is is it so is. gorgeous and like taking that playstation two game playstation two playstation one one yeah PlayStation one taking the playstation one game and i wish i play i mean you know like going from that to that and just fully realizing this world and the faces on these characters just look so good like some of them look like they're action figures but like action figures come to life in a non-creepy way and it's just it's so cool um, yeah like no i could certainly argue for it being the winner here um but i think like ghost did something further no, for sure you know? yeah like, it's, and, it's and, undoubtedly, and, and, undoubtedly beautiful, and like to take that world and to render it into three dimensions, 
so convincingly. Like it did a fantastic job, and yeah. I, I'd love and to I, see it win tonight. But and and to Jordan's point uh, about like The Last of Us, I I think like it, just looking at like all the other games on the list sort of have a very specific like it, it's a style that sort of jumps out to you and it's like it's clear what they're doing whereas last of us is might have very good art direction but it's sort of muffled in the in, in the grittiness and everything um i also like didn't really consider ori because it's kind of like I, I i already loved the first ori and the art direction was fantastic so it kind of feels like a weird thing to be like hey the sequel gets the best art direction but mm-hmm. that's a uh, that, did they did they do um the same sort of the same thing they did with the uh, Final Fantasy 15 where you could like upscale it to 4K if you had the PS Pro? Um, I don't know. I, remake I, for yeah, remake had yeah. something. Um, I don't know sort of Pro, so I can't vouch for that, but they had something for it. I mean, I, I played it on PS5 and it loaded quick, so I don't know. That's it's cool. It looked pretty. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if that was the case. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think uh, I think we uh, I think we settled on that one. So it's a tie. <laughs> It's a four-way tie. Let's 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 move on now to uh, the best indie game. Uh, we have on this one. We have uh, Carry On. Harry uh, hate Harry's Hades. <laughs> Hairspray. Hairspray. The game. Oh God. Mm. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like um, John Travolta, dude. He's doing some weird stuff. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spelunky two and Spiritfarer. Uh, I love right, Spiritfarer. I love it so much. I know. You, I, 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 I'm still like super sad that I haven't played it yet because I just I, everything I've seen about it makes me want to play it. And I know it's it, gonna make me cry, and I'm just like I don't know if I'm emotionally ready it, for that. It's, 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 it's. I mean, Lisa talked about this last time she was on the show, but it's just such a cool game that like deals with death, but it's also like a boat building sim, and you're also just meeting all these different characters and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's. You, if you're a fan of of, of animals and and it, you know it's good stuff, great design. If you have a secret furry Twitter account, you're gonna love this game. So, <laughs> Chris, what do you think? It's kind of the curse of of the indie game, right? That you don't like. I don't have a lot of familiarity with these ones. Um, like Spearfair, I I totally forgot about that game until I just heard you talking about it now, Alex. Um, yeah, that one did seem like a like now that I remember what it actually was, it did seem like a good contender. Uh, I'm kind of split between Hades and Carrion myself, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about that. Like, I don't know. I, like, I like I like what uh, Carrion kind of did, um, like thematically. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if maybe I, if I would consider it like like the best of like sort of the, like like I guess that like the top tier like indie stock that's come out um, this year. Uh, I definitely, I mean, I, you know, I do, I kind of do want to lean towards uh, Hades just because of like, kind of like everything I said um, before, but like, you know, all on top of that, like it's a, just, it's a really tight game. Like it's just, it's so, it's so fun to play. Like, and, and it's, it's sort of a weird thing. Like, cause, cause it's sort of the, 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 um, the other like super giant games. Like I wasn't crazy about Bastion. Um, and I wasn't like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, it felt like I, I just, it felt a little too like, it had a, we- a weird pace for the combat. Um, and it was sort of the same thing with uh, Transistor as well. Like, Transistor just sort of, like, felt weird to me. I couldn't really get into it. But, like, Hades actually does feel to be, like, what I think what like would have made both of those games, like, actually, like, a lot more fun to play. I guess just for, just for me. Um, because, yeah, like, it's so fast-paced. It's so, like, the, to- the combat is so tight and, like like you know one wrong move sets the whole thing down but it also has a lot of those really great 
um, you know, roguelite elements where, you know, every playthrough is different and, you know, depending on how you sort of build your character, like it can, it, you know, or, or like what weapons you choose to go in with, like it, it creates a completely different experience every single time, right? So not only is it like a really deep like game in terms of like just just design choices like it's just it's just so enjoyable to play mm -hmm. yeah I, i've heard nothing but good things about uh hades and it's a game that i'm definitely like oh when i see this on sale down the road when i have my slate of games that are you know when my list is a bit smaller i'll definitely play it uh do, do, do you guys think that hades could win game of the year but not best indie game do you think that's something that would like happen? Because I, I feel like if it wins game of the year, I don't want to give it best indie game. Like I'd like to spotlight another game. But I guess if you're saying best, then it would make sense that hey, if it's the best game of the year and it's not the best indie game, that doesn't really uh, doesn't really make sense. I, well, I, 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 like I don't see Hades beating the other stuff in game of the year as like as good as it is, and as much as it has this groundswell behind it, I, I don't think it's going to mm -hmm. topple some of the votes for the Last of Us, Animal Crossing, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I and I was I was I was gonna say that too. Like you know, we'll I guess we'll get into it a little bit further down the line when we actually uh, talk about um, the game of the year contenders. But um, yeah, no, I, I I can see it too. And you know, I think I think it was I think maybe I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same place. Um, uh, sort of I guess sort of like uh, back in 2016 when uh, Undertale came out, and I don't think it was it got nominated for game of the year but it was nominated for best indie and i kind of i think i kind of said like if it wasn't going to be like game of the year i it was my personally it was my game of the year um but like if it wasn't going to win game of the year then it, it 100 deserved best indie and i think that's sort of the same way with uh hades like it i i don't you know um but that being said like i haven't played spirit fair i don't know I, I, you know i played a bit of spelunky the first one and i wasn't super crazy about it either um i don't know how the sequel fares and I, I guess it's sort of the same thing with Fall Guys. Like Fall Guys to me seems like a really great like um, uh, like multiplayer experience, but I don't know if it, if it if it really deserves like you know best indie game. Um, yeah, like I, I was gonna say, like Fall Guys could have been a lot better than it was. Like it has it has a great gameplay yeah. loop and it's, it's it's a great concept, but there's a lot of stuff missing that would push it that extra mile. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of my yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one too. But it also because it came out to sort of be like a uh, kind of like um almost like a live servicey, like, you know, quote unquote kind of game, right. Where it's, it was going to continuously add stuff as it went down. Yeah. Like it, it, it like it's a, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a, it's, it's a fun game, but yeah. it's not the best. I, I, it's on, it's on, I think it's on, it's on the list for like best multiplayer. And I honestly do feel like if it doesn't win that, then there's just, there's no justice in this world, but like, that's, that's really where it, where for, I think it, it for fall stands game? out. Yeah. Is Among Us uh, nominated or in, in in the category? Oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, Among Us is nominated, and I think that 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 is is going to be like the the tight the tight race between Fall Guys and Among Us. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because Fall Guys was the biggest thing on the earth in terms of video games for like I'd say a good month, and then Among Us came out and it was it sort of stole the well, the crowd. But that's but that's the funny thing is that Fall Guys came out and it was like an actually like it was a new thing, right? Like Among Us had been out for quite a while like because i remember oh, really? seeing like like oh yeah it's been out for like a year or two now i think and i remember seeing like videos of it uh like like a little while ago and like it just it just sort of like i don't know i guess it just in the wake of like covid or you know people being inside or whatever like people just sort of like rediscovered it and it just exploded hmm. yeah no it came out it came out in 2018 so is it even up for best it's, it's up for best multiplayer. Best multiplayer That's... is Animal Crossing, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys, and Valorant. 
so I was under the impression that um, the way it works is the game has to come out in 2020, but I, like in the year that the thing happens. But I guess maybe it was an early access launch for for Among Us or something. But that's, that's I, interesting. I, I, all I uh, based based on uh, Wikipedia, no, it was it was actually it was 100% released. It says. <laughs> huh. Well. No, I don't know. In the year wait, of our wait, Lord, wait, wait, wait. 2020, I just want to say, possible. 32 minutes into this uh, thing, that the the Game Awards are are a sham because it didn't even come out this year. So, I was gonna say, well, are you I proposing mean... that the Game Awards are is not a top prestigious, verified, um, morally upstanding what? game show? Wow, that's kind of wow. why I laugh. Brave. Um, you know. Jim Sterling, he doesn't even call it the Game Awards anymore. He just calls it the, the Game Advertisements because that's basically what it is. It's true. Yeah, yeah. you get the celebrities a, there. You go. It's you know it's a it's an ad it's an advert uh, advert <laughs> advertisement. <laughs> I can't say a word today. Advertisement. It's, it's, yeah, it's an uh, uh, an advertorial on uh, you know disguised as a game show. There's it's less the Oscars game. of video games and more the Super Bowl of games because you're watching for the commercials. I mean, Nintendo, Nintendo straight up announced they tweeted out that they're going to announce the next Smash Bros. DLC character today. At the there, game there's Award. another argument right there. So there you go. It's like who even cares about the awards anymore? <laughs> now we just want to see who they announce. Oh my god! All right, moving moving forward. Uh, best action game. We got uh, Doom Eternal. Half-Life Alex, uh, Hades, Neo 2, and Streets of Rage 4. And I honestly feel like this is no contest. It's It's got to be Doom Eternal. Oh, I was going to say no contest Half-Life Alex, because, I mean, oh, the fact that that wasn't nominated for Best you, for Game of the Year. You just like it. You just like it because your name is in the title. No, well, it's close. It is. <laughs> I, I, I honestly like it because Clement's not on the show to defend it, and I feel like he would give it a nice run for yeah. its money. Um, I was I was actually going to include the VR section, but then Clement wasn't on, so I was like, ah, forget it. What's the point at that point? Um, yeah, like I, 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 I want to get Streets of Rage 4 shout because it brought back that old, uh, you know, arcadey beat em up style. I, 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 I always love seeing the old stuff make a comeback in a new, interesting way. But I would it, say yeah, it's it, kind it, of a con, no contest between Doom Eternal and Hades myself. Yeah, you know, I, as much as I do like Hades, um, I, I think like the, the the you know there's there really is like in terms of like uh, in terms of like I guess uh, like an action game. Um, I think I think like and and I, I honestly do not mean this as like a dig towards uh, Doom Eternal, but I honestly do think that there is a certain level of like thought that has to sort of go into Hades. Like, it does sort of slow the action down uh, in a way that, like, you know, how you sort of, like, what, like, what, like, upgrades you sort of choose to take with every, like, you know, room clear to sort of, like, um, you know, better, like, stack your character. You know, it's it's kind of like the way that, I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't stack a game like, like The Binding of Isaac with, like, a game like Doom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Doom is just, like pure 100% adrenaline and yeah like there is a lot of you know like very quick thinking like sort of like you know thought process I think that you have to do while playing Doom if you want to stay alive but it's just it's they're just sort of like not on the same level in terms of like the that like that rush you get from playing it yeah like that, that that's a good point like the Hades has more of that RPG element in a way where you're you know mm -hmm. doing the act of strategizing Depends what you're looking yeah, for, get, action too, I suppose. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess like yeah, if you if you are going for straight like, well, it also depends what you're looking for in action. Like if you're looking for like a non-stop metal soundtrack killing people, then like that's what I think about more when I think of action in video games. But uh, yeah, I think if Hades wins best narrative, this one can win best action. You know, like I think it kind of works out. Uh, and the other nominees. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Half Life. Al is this the only place where Half Life Alex is is nominated other than uh, VR categories? Uh, I think so. Yeah, based on huh. what I've seen. Well, then I want that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the VR nod. Hey, it's also like you know, critically acclaimed across the board, but it's yeah, only it's on great. VR, so it's like who's really playing it is the issue. Yeah. And and I guess that's my point. I guess that that also like like lends to my to my point as well, right? Like you know, Doom Eternal is like very accessible too, right? Like it just came out on the Switch. Uh, would you play it on Switch? I I I know Clement reviewed yeah, it, I... and he said it was a port. But seeing those screenshots and being like, oh, this is this is this is this is not what I want to play Doom Eternal on. I'll be honest, man. Um, because I reviewed Doom twenty sixteen like when it came out and. I, on the PS4, and I loved it then. Um, I played, but I didn't actually get super far in it because I sort of played it on re for review and it was on the Office account. Um, I played it start to finish on the Switch, and like I actually like I loved it just as much. <laughs> um, like you really like when it first launched. Um, it was like yeah, like there was a bit of like slowdown. You kind of noticed it, but like when I picked it up. Um, I think it was like a year and a half or maybe like two after it had launched on the Switch. Um, actually, no, I don't even think that. that one. It might have just been like a year. Um, and they like uh, uh, Panic Button had put out a bunch of like like patches that actually like sort of like, you know, had some like little like graphic workarounds and stuff. So like it, it, you know, it ran at a consistent 30 all the time, which I know like, you know, for the diehards isn't super great. But like, you I just know, threw up in my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's what I mean. Like, like it was solid enough, and you know, and I've been playing shooters at thirty frames for you know God knows how long. So really, like it was, it still felt really fast paced. It was still a lot of fun, and like that's like it was just it was just like it was just genuine fun. And I could you know even even playing off the dock, like it's like it looked great, it felt great. Like yeah, it wasn't you know it wasn't going to shatter any four K TVs anytime soon. But it, you know it looked for what it was doing and and what it needed to do, like it it succeeded like and you know and i personally like i would love to have um doom eternal on switch just because yeah it's it's just this great game that i can take with me anywhere and like and have a have a really good time playing it nice at the end of the day isn't that what christmas is all about no christmas is yes or higher or or at riot the game awards is all about no it's 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 about gamer points yeah it's about selling games um <laughs> we get off our high horses this time around jesus christ uh <laughs> moving moving on to a whole list of games i have not played um we have the category of best rpg um the contenders impact. are kenshin impact wins oh my god i i want to oh say kenshin impact. I've, I've been i've been just like sitting on it like like i, I just want to get it and play it but um but anyway so the contenders are final fantasy 7 remake genshin impact Persona 5 Royale, uh, or Royal, because it's not actually spelt Royale, <laughs> um, Wasteland 3, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. I mean, I do, I kind of want Yakuza Like a Dragon to win just because I, you know, 
Yakuza like as a franchise is so like enjoyable to me. I haven't played like a dragon yet. Um but I just I do love like the Yakuza franchise and I just I want to see it win just just for the sake of, you know, having a Yakuza game win like mm. best anything. Um but yeah, no, like I was saying Genshin Impact is just that one game like, you know, cuz when I saw it, I was like, okay, this is this is Breath of the Wild but with, you know, waifus. <laughs> Could be fun. Um and then just like, but there was like a solid like month where I just saw like everyone was tweeting about Genshin Impact and like everyone was playing it. This was like, should I play this? Like, I yeah, had a big reaction know. and I played it for a while and it was better than I expected. And then it got boring really fast. Yeah, yeah, gotcha game. yeah. It, like that gotcha element just ruins it. There's a there's a decent game engine in there, um, but I. I yeah, it got stale. It, it 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 was definitely more than just a Breath of the Wild clone, like I thought it was, because they basically lifted the entire engine and graphical look. But um, yeah, no, it's just like as as an RPG, like I, I it can't stand against uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's my yeah. that's my choice, hands mm-hmm. down. I I am totally with you on this, Chris. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake takes it. Also, like the fact that that came out this year feels wild in terms yeah. of like how long this year has been. Like that feels like oh that that definitely came out last year or something, but uh yeah i'd be surprised the final fantasy 7 remake doesn't win but if it doesn't win i think it's gonna be genshin i mean there, um, there's there's two there's two big contenders here like yakuza and persona 5 i think are going to make it give it a stiff run for its money but i'd like i don't, I don't really think persona 5 belongs on this list this year because it's, it's yeah the expanded version of persona 5 it's it's, not... it's it's the it's the game of the year edition right it's it's That's exactly what I was persona 5 has already won best rpg persona 5 royal is not i it, i don't know i Again, I, I say it shouldn't happen, but this is the Game Awards. This isn't like, yeah. There's no I'm trying to think of another another show that like another awards show that actually like has integrity. But I don't know if awards shows like that's not really their thing. It's just kind of like this is like the Grammys. Here's some awards. Ooh, it's a popularity like the, contest. This is like the Juno Awards. We're a Canadian. We're a Canadian show, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, because I, I 2020 I Juno Awards. I always think about that episode of The Simpsons uh, with the B Sharps. Where where Homer where they win the Grammy and then like you know he, he he the room service comes around and he's like he doesn't have anything to pay him with so he gives him the award the guy's like wow what award he's like oh it's a Grammy, oh, it's a Grammy. He throws, it the, throws it off the thing and the guy's like hey don't throw, don't throw your trash down here and he just beans Homer with it. <laughs> it's like that's basically what it is yeah I mean like Persona Five itself versus Final Fantasy Seven Remake if that had been a thing that would have been a tough contest but. Uh, you know and and royal adds a lot to it like like as persona 4 golden did before it like it adds a lot to that base game to make it worth going back to again but yeah you know it's it's, it's not the year for that but then again it, no, has, yeah, it has it, like it has a strong fan base so we I, I i could see it winning tonight just based on its prestige and that and and that's the thing too like you know that we you know we kind of said like you know as much as as much as persona 5 does add a lot or uh, royal like does add a lot to persona 5 like at the end of the day, it's still kind of just like a re-release of, or just like, it's still just Persona 5, right? Like, Persona 5 already came out and already won an award for Best RPG, so like, it just, like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't get to like, this is like double jeopardy, man, like, it shouldn't just get to like, win again. Yeah, and 7 Remake for me is like the perfect action RPG, right? Like, it's, it's it's so great for me, like, as a long-time Final Fantasy fan, like, that they took the game and made it something new, they also tied in a lot of stuff from the past few Final Fantasy games and made it like it's its own separate thing. And yeah, just as, as an yeah, action no. RPG, like it's, it's one of the finest in the genre that I've ever played. So I, I really hope it wins. Yeah, like, but. 
like when I when I first saw um like the direction they were going in with uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, like at first I was kind of like, well, that's a bummer. Um, like as much as I liked Final Fantasy XV, like I think Final Fantasy XV like works for what it is. But like if you're remaking Final Fantasy VII, like removing it from its like you know uh, turn based roots is you know something that needs to be like really like you know it was something that's it was something that was gonna always gonna have like some like detraction to it like you know because it was kind of like one of those games that really defined like the turn-based like genre right um but then when i actually saw like how they handled it and how they sort of like you know combined like different uh different like elements of like you know sort of like turn-based combat and strategy with this sort of like more fleshed out action experience I was like, I was actually like genuinely impressed. Like it did. Like I still, I still, I still need to get around to playing a uh, remake. I was kind of just waiting for it to go on sale. Um, uh, it's on sale like, right now. I'm pretty sure. Or, or is it, it on sale right now? Maybe I'll pick it, it will up. be soon. Like Boxing Day sales. Boxing Day will have it. Yeah, like thirty nine dollars or something Canadian. Yeah, it was on a half off of Black Friday. I think. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't know. It still feels like a lot. I mean, oh, it's, it's worth it. It's so good. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's great. Well, you know, you know, like when I like, you know, I was waiting for Death Stranding to go under thirty dollars because I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like twenty five dollars was an acceptable price for Death Stranding. Oh, like twenty, 20 sounds worthwhile to me, but Jordan, I don't first, know, man. I don't know. For the first part of a three part game, I don't know if I'm really, you know, interested in paying. It's thirty to fifty dollars. You're gonna get you your times worth, worth in this game. It's it's home. built from the ground up. Like it's. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, care. I'm gonna have to for, pay for, for all intents and purposes. Times. It's like, hey, someone wrote a Final Fantasy VII novel and they're adapting it into a video game for the first time. Like that's somewhat what it feels like, where it's like, yeah, but different, but, but also close to the source material. They didn't write a Final Fantasy novel and then release, you know, three separate fifty-dollar books. Oh, it won't be just three parts. Relax. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to do seven. Just Your whole like, argument is just Oh invalid. my god, can you... <laughs> well then, if they did seven parts, then those parts all better be $10 a piece. No, but they're like, you know, multi-million dollar games to make, and like, you're getting like... like how... How many hours have you put in? Have you put into Final Fantasy, Chris? I or, forget the I, I forget my tally by the end of my normal playthrough, but I still want to go back and do it on a hard mode. Um, and yeah. like that's that's in itself like a whole other level of the game too. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of waiting for a PS5 to do that one again. But as much as it's strange to be like, hey, this game that came out in 2001, they're splitting into like a tons tons of parts, which I understand. It's like, well, how is that money's worth? But like, it's yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, they they really they really did knock it out of the park on this one. Well, I I it, I'm, I'm not saying they didn't. It looks great. It looks you know, and and it's it's I, I definitely want to play it, but you know, you 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 will never justify the price to me. <laughs> any price for any game. <laughs> I mean, like I said, unless it's, okay unless it's Animal Crossing uh, Amiibo Festival, which costs seventy dollars plus tax oh. at launch in Canada. But yeah. okay, Jordan. And it was it was a full game, and it came with two, you know, fifty to twenty dollar amiibos. So it know, had that, like that two actually, boards. It had like two value. boards. It was sixty dollars. It had, it had two board boards, and you upgrade it over time. Hey, uh, I, I'll, I'll just say that I bought Final Seven twice. I, I bought it twice, and I don't regret a single dollar because I had the limited edition pre-order through EB and couldn't get it because of the pandemic stuff. So I bought it digitally. Mm -hmm. I don't regret shelling out two hundred bucks for that game, not one dollar. So well, heck yeah. You guys are the spirit of the video game 
awards. <laughs> the, sh- the shilling of money. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm insulted, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> no, that's, that's not something I would normally do, but it was like, I really want to play this game and I'm like, I'm willing to make this dumb decision and I don't regret it. Chris, so. Chris I, I promise you if, you, if you took one look at my like room, you would like, you know, you would just like look at me with such dis. Like I can't even make that argument. About <laughs> How many copies of Amiibo Festival when, do you currently when own? My, when my room is just covered with Amiibos, like cover. Hey, I won't judge you there. I've got a, I've got, I've got my own stash. I got a ton of these things. Um. <laughs> so if you or anyone you know are looking for Amiibos, uh, Chris and Jordan will sell them to you at a very reasonable price. Oh no, uh, mine's locked yeah. down. Like, where do you guys no, live? No, mine's, mine are all mine are all locked down. Okay, don't worry. I'll I'll tell you guys where they live. We can sneak in when they're sleeping. It's okay. It's <laughs> on that note. All right, and on on that note, yeah, let's move on to the best family game. Um, yeah, we have yeah Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. Uh, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario Paper Mario: The Origami King. Um, where do you guys, mm. where do you, what do you guys think? I, I got like some thoughts about this. how there's a lot of family games, but you can't really play a lot of them locally together. I was going to say, like, I, I, I don't like the nomenclature can, here. If you can play them like locally, I mean, I, I know it's not like best local game, but when you think of best family game, you're like, oh, like you have a couple kids or like, you know, mom and dad are playing together or, or what have you. But like Mario Kart Live, you got to buy two, what, $130 sets. Fall Guys, you yeah. need to get online. Crash 4, yes, local multiplayer, thank you. Animal Crossing, you need to have two Switches uh, and two copies of the game. Minecraft Dungeons, okay, local, nice. And Paper Mario Origami King, I think they have local. Well, Alex, uh, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> no. Because you couldn't be more wrong about Animal Crossing. So I've only done the the, the local multiplayer um, just with, like, me and my girlfriend. Um, but, like, you know, seeing <clears throat> sort of seeing how it's built, this is sort of where, like, I kind of land on, like, you know, um, because yeah, I I agree with both of you guys hundred percent. Like, like, you know, Fall Guys is is an online sort of exclusive game, so it's not really like a family oriented game unless, like, I guess you're playing with family that you have in different locations. Um, yeah, like, Which like COVID, to Alex's point, you know, I guess. Which, yeah, hundred percent. I get, I I do get that. But like, when you're talking about a sort of like a family game, I think it really is that kind of game that you have that you have to sort of like like it's it's the one that's sort of like geared towards like you know sitting around with like your mom and dad or whatever like when you're when you're like a, like a little kid or like something that like the, like the, like i guess i guess thematically it's something that like I get, like the whole family can kind of enjoy i guess and i feel like fall guys is you know is kind of specific um crash 4 again too like yeah i i kind of see it with this sort of like you know it's it's a it's a sort of like cartoony platformer but it's also designed in a way that like is is like only guys that are our age who sort of grew up with the original crash are is gonna like truly appreciate um, i don't know I, mean, I, I, I don't know about that well i don't know i feel like i feel like uh, like you i know. feel like it's still geared towards the the age group and like family like i feel like it's a good thing where i i guess maybe to that point where like hey a, a parent has played crash and likes crash and now they're playing with their kid they can play local like i feel like that's a good good hit fit you know, like you know what, like I, I, I kind of see what you're saying, and I kind of get the, I, I kind of get that, you know, and now like thinking about it, like it does kind of make sense that, like you know, I guess like kids who liked, you know, Crash Bandicoot back when it first came out, like you know, this is like their way to sort of like get into Crash Bandicoot now, um, but at the same time, like so much of the game 
is like it you know builds on stuff that already happened so it almost it does kind of feel like if you didn't play the original crash bandicoot because the game sort of starts like in medias res right where like uh like uh nitro and the other guy and like maku maku or whatever his name is like are trapped in some like realm and it feels like something happened but you don't you're not privy to that information um so like but you know at the same time too it's not it's it does it does definitely does like feel like a kind of a different game whereas you have a game like like um the like the mario uh 3d all-stars thing that actually had a commercial where like a dad is showing his daughter you know the old marios that he grew up with um where like mario i think like like mario kind of just does feel like genuinely more accessible because of how it's designed whereas like crash is very specific and it's in its like in its game design um but I do, I do kind of get what you're saying. Like, it, you know, it, there is that, there is definitely that avenue where, like, you know, kids and like, I guess, like, even their parents can sit down and enjoy, um, you know, Crash. Um, but then, like, you know, like, like Alex said, like Mario Kart Live is like Mario Kart Live is a very like particular thing, right? Like, where if you don't have all the necessary components to enjoy it, you can't really enjoy it. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I Minecraft Dungeons sort of kind of just came and went. So I guess like you know, as much as kids like Minecraft, they might like Dungeons. I don't know. Um, sort of where I where I kind of land on this um, really is between uh, Animal Crossing and Paper Mario because like Animal Crossing's local multiplayer, like just like in Animal Crossing's old like whole like design thing, like um, the way its multiplayer is kind of like structured really does emphasize like sort of like staying together. You know, even within the game, like, you know, working together, being close to one another, um, and, like, co-op, like, it really emphasizes cooperation, even to the point where, like, you know, um, it's something I, like, I noticed, and, and I did, like, I think, like, a lot of people would probably be, like, um, turned off by it or like find it to be annoying but it's just like the way like when you're when you're not the leader right like you know the like i guess the one who can actually like interact with other with other like animals and like you know pick up items and add them to your inventory like when you're playing as a separate character anything that you sort of like do if you like you know catch a fish or pick up an item pick up you know uh some hardware or whatever like it just goes straight to the recycling bin in the town hall so like if you want to actually like get something it's something i, I noticed like, like just playing with my girlfriend like you know there were certain things on the ground where i was like okay like you know um let me be the leader so you just sort of like wave the wave the 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 joy con and it lets you like sort of like swap leaders and then whoever waves their joy con can like become the new leader so it really does like have this like like low key like slow pace like just like you know communication and cooperation which i think works really well for that kind of like sit down family uh, you know um experience uh, you know moving and then sort of like moving into uh paper mario uh, uh you guys didn't play origami king i don't think right no i haven't actually no but i do know it's a single player experience which uh it is um but this is where i where i sort of like you know where i kind of like look at it um whereas like you know i guess the the, the sort of the older um paper marios like they are you know well, and I guess only talking about the first two Paper Mario's because that's the only ones that people want to talk about. Um, like, like I guess, like, as more traditional turn-based RPGs, like, they are kind of, like, sort of singular experiences. But the Origami King is very interesting just because, like, the way it's designed, like, it's very fun. It's very lighthearted. It's very, like, colorful. Like, a kid is definitely going to to enjoy that. But the way that its combat is structured as like a, you know, like as a puzzle where you have to sort of like line these guys up and like, you know, and, and um, 
in order to like uh in order to attack them sort of feels like the thing to me that like yeah like a kid sort of by himself or herself could do this but you know to have like a sort of a parent there or someone who maybe can see a little bit better like can be there to sort of like guide you and go on that experience with you and like both like kids and adults are going to enjoy this even if if, if they're in the passenger seat um so it does kind of feel like it really is like a, a decent sort of like family oriented game where like yeah like everyone will get it will get something out of this i don't know that's just where i land on it yeah like to come back to animal crossing like the party play is, is nice as an option like but it, it, it's it's convoluted because it's it's nintendo multiplayer it has to be somewhat complicated and it can't be entirely straightforward um but it, it is great and it, if, if if a family happens to have you know a switch like a, like a main switch and your kids have separate switch lights i'm sure it's a fantastic experience um so i i, I think i i think i would still pick it even though i'm kind of reluctant to to praise it in the multiplayer categories but this category it's like the, the nomenclature here is just all wrong like these aren't fall guys is not a family game <laughs> like it's that's an yeah. online game it's there's no local multiplayer i would not you know there's no family value for me personally as like as a dad except for like having my daughter watch me play it and laugh at them falling down like that's yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of worrying why, wondering why a game like Ori was isn't involved in this. Like, if if this is a category where it's like age specific or like you know all ages, like why why would a game like that not be not be there? And you know, it's clear that on this list, it's not about being a multiplayer experiences. So I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting if if Mario Kart Live won it because it's like, hey, that's not really. It is kind of a video game, but not really. It's a remote control car kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's more of an AR experience, really. But it's also a two hundred and thirty dollar buy in for a game, so that would be, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah, wild. It's that's what I mean. Like it's it's very like, it's very restrictive at times. Um, you know, it's because it's just based on space and you know whether or not you can afford it. Like it's just so it's not it's not exactly an inclusive kind of game. Um, I wish I wish they actually had um, like like a classification on the game award website like what you know what it means to be a best family but i don't think i, I don't think I'm, i can find it anywhere um, they, they pretty much just mean kids game looking at this list like yeah yeah i guess i you know like like, like i said i think i it, it sort of feels like it, it's it should be the thing that like can be enjoyed by like everyone like kids and adults alike like you know like a family but um that's what I would think based on it. Yeah, like on that name, but they, it's, it reads more like a here's all the kitty games crammed into one category. But. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the to the big one. Game of the year. Best VR experience. Best VR game of the year, multiplayer, racing, sim, farming, exclusive Nintendo game. Uh, nice. We have. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ghost of Tsushima, and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, we did, I know we talked about this sort of a little bit a couple podcasts ago when they announced the nominees for uh, Game of the Year, but uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the floor. So, guys, what do you think? What about what? <laughs> about just like life about stocks. okay oh no you should sell stonks sell now stonks <laughs> hey, so think about do we want to run through each one or do like a top top one okay well okay let's freeform i i need structure jordan i don't know okay, how to okay, operate okay. 
what what is what is your your pick for game of the year for game of the year yeah and and why mm. should we get should we get back to you like like chris i think chris sounds uh, yeah I, I i think chris is ready so i don't know yeah Sorry, I'm, I'm i'm good to go with this one i'll i'll i'll, I'll be the, i'll be the brave one and go first um if you say last of us two i'm gonna reach to my computer and slap you i think you know by now that i'm not gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so process of Having elimination. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> process of elimination, like Last of Us 2, I take that up right away. Hades, great game, but not the game of the year. For me, game of the year is something that did something, you know, groundbreaking and, you know, monumental, moved the medium forward in some way, um, and was just like a generally good game to play. Uh, mm. Hades did a lot for the roguelike genre, but, you know, I don't think it's the top thing of the year. Uh, Doom Eternal, I don't think even really belongs on here. Like as good as it is, like it's not. Yeah, it's it's not groundbreaking in that way. For me, for me, it's down to Animal Crossing: New Horizons and Seven Remake, and it's a really hard choice to to decide. Um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of split really because I think Final Fantasy Seven Remake is the better game uh, by far. Animal Crossing is a fantastic game by all by all measurements, but it's also kind of restricted in terms of other Animal Crossing games. Like it's, it doesn't have, doesn't have as much to do as much as it adds the terraforming and things like that um i know that that's that it, it's a it's a fine line to walk saying that i know um and we can argue that in a minute but um <laughs> animal crossing was also a game that we really needed this year um like it had that social element that was so key for a lot of people mm -hmm. early on like I, I had a lot of fun with that um in the early months of the pandemic and you know it brought a lot of light to a lot of people this year but i think yeah, Seven Remake gets my final choice because I think it is a better overall game, um, but it, it's tight between that. Between that, yeah. I mean, okay. I guess I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'll let I'll let Alex have a little bit more time to think about this. Um, I submit myself now to uh, your slings and arrows. Uh, okay, so so obviously, so you know, I've I've gone on and on about this. You know, yeah, Last of Us. It, it doesn't even not even close. Um, like even even just just like everything aside like i don't know i don't think it's that like good of a game like it's it's very mediocre like it doesn't do a lot different that the first one did like it doesn't really like it doesn't you know, like like kind of like you said chris like it doesn't really move the medium forward it doesn't even really move the franchise forward in a lot of ways um and like just every every problem i have with it is like doubled by just like how poorly the you know quote-unquote fan base the gamers tm um reacted to it and like you know all the all the bullshit that they threw at laura bailey and even um 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 uh what's his name there um jesus i just i'm drawing a Neil blank Druckmann? Druckmann. yes thank you thank you alex um, oh, yeah, i don't like, like neil Druckmann. Oh. sorry neil Druckmann, but not my point <laughs> No, I mean, just, but like, you know, as much, you know, whatever, like he just, he did like all the, 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 the horrible, like, you know, transphobia and like death threats and just like bull crap that, that he and, and, and even like Laura got just for like things that happened in a pretend video game that, that isn't real and has no bearing on like reality. Um, like it's just, it just compounds why I just, I really don't like this game. Um, you know, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, like, again, like, 
yes, like there, you know, it's technically it is a it's a really like pretty game. Um, you know, they they did a lot of really cool stuff, like even just like environmentally, and you know, I know I I've heard a lot of people say actually like pretty good things about like the combat system and like the one strike sort of like like mechanic, and and it you know it does work in a lot of ways. But I do kind of feel like at the same time, it is also just sort of another open world game with like, you know, crafting elements and, you know, towers to climb and tons of, you know, little side collectibles to pad out the gameplay. Um, Hades, like, 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 or, sorry, sorry, just to get back, like Ghost of Tsushima, like as, as good it is, as it is, it's still, it's, it's just very much in line with like a lot of the stock of games that have come out in not only this year, but like the deck like the past like decade almost um i i i agree but i think it's hard to say without playing it at the same time like i feel like you know yeah like yeah you you're you're right i i think i am i am generalizing a little bit but i also like you know you you, you know you can no smoke without fire right like you don't necessarily if you've seen I, i've seen enough about it like i've seen enough gameplay of it like i you know just to sort of like get a good general sense of what it is and I'm not trying. I'm really not trying to cut it down. Like I do, I do definitely still want to play it. Um, but I just, I like, like in terms of like, yeah, like, like things that really, like, really, like, sort of, I guess, changed the landscape, like, or like things that, like, that really, like, you know, are are, are setting like sort of like precedents. I I don't really know if Ghost of Tsushima is going to do that. Um, not to say it's not a very well made, like, competent, like, you know, uh, pretty open world game. It's just, it's just like we have enough. You know what I mean? Ubisoft just released two more in less than a month, like between each other. Like, Ubisoft pitted, pitted them against each other, and they didn't get any nominations. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, actually, you know, just just that, that just just uh, just. Oh, a, I'm so sorry. I brought up Ubisoft. I, I apologize. No, 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 no. It's not not about that at all. I just I I had a thought before before going into this that that it was really funny to me. Um. It's it's very telling that you know despite all the hype and all the build and all the excitement, the Avengers was not nominated for a single category. Because <laughs> the game is a lie. Oh, okay, all right, all right. It's too good. All right. All right, I don't know. <laughs> it transcends awards. All right, I don't know. I feel like it's not even beating a dead horse. It's like it's like Sorry. the horse has been Sorry. dead. It's the tenth anniversary of the death. The family's mourning, and, the, and you show up to the funeral, and you're like, I remember. Remember when that game died? <laughs> the horse, hey, the horse King is, is still coming. They could go free to play. They could save this, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know it was mean, but it just it, I thought about it and it really made me laugh because I was thinking about I was actually just thinking about best RPG and I was like I was like wait a minute like did Avengers not get nominated for best RPG? I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, sorry. Getting back to my to my uh, to my actual uh, point. Um, the suspense. So. Uh, so sorry. So uh, yeah, Hades. I- I'm right there with you. Like I, you know, I'm re- I am really really enjoying Hades uh, now. I just you know kind of just started playing it like a week ago, and um, uh, like you know even like before that, like I- all the things I had seen about it, like like it like it looked so good to me, and I you know, um, but yeah, like it it's one of those things. It it deserves best indie. I don't know if it deserves game of the year. Um, uh, Doom Eternal, like. I said this about I said this about oh, excuse me I said this about uh, Doom 2016 when I wrote the review for it like 
some games are, you know, or, or not, you know, a lot of, a lot of these, a lot of games that come out, and I think a lot of games that even try to sort of be on the list for like, or get nominated for um, game of the year, like they're, you know, they're trying to be these like hundred dollar filet mignons, you know what I mean? And Doom, and I think Doom Eternal, like they're, they're burgers, you know, like not to say that they're not like really well-made delicious burgers but it's just like sometimes sometimes you you sort of you know what it, a, a thing is right like like a burger is is that thing that's just sort of meant to be like enjoyed in the moment and then you know maybe you think about it uh you know a year later and you go yeah i remember that burger i had it was so good but like it's not uh. necessarily trying to be anything more than it is um and i think that's kind of why to me it, i i don't i wouldn't consider it a game of the year thing like it's just it's 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 it, you know it looks great i'm sure it, you know it's a t- it's a ton of fun and this exact same thing with doom 2016 like it was so much fun um but like once i sort of stopped playing it like i didn't necessarily feel like i needed to go back for more you know like or i didn't necessarily need to think about what i had just played um so like you know it, it it knows what it is, and it, and I and I genuinely don't do not mean this as an insult. Like it, you know, it's a burger standing next to like steaks, and sometimes you just want a burger, and that's fine. Um, like, com- like, like it, it's comfort food, essentially. It's yeah, you know, yeah. And, you know it, it, it could be a solid like you know, it could be a solid like twenty dollar burger that you get like at a gourmet burger place. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a, a burger's a burger. Um, wow, you can't get one thing from this episode, with. guys. It's the said a burger is a burger. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do it that way you will um you know final fantasy 7 remake yeah like i i, I haven't i haven't played it um and uh, as much Therefore, as I, I, you can't comment well no as much as i think i i might be with chris on on you know maybe like maybe putting it like it could be like game of the year contender um part of me also feels like like that's a very i don't know basic decision it's like oh a remake of a highly acclaimed beloved old game gets a game of the year who could have seen that coming like i don't know but you know again like i don't mean that to be like an insult towards the game and its quality um but you know and i said this i have said i said this before to me realistically the only choice that that could be for game of the year should be animal crossing new horizons um, you know, obviously, you know, it, you know, yeah, maybe it's not, you know, some groundbreaking achievement of supposed narrative direction like The Last of Us 2. Um, but like Animal Crossing, I think, is a game that has not only like stayed with me, but I think a lot of other people, too, because one of the things I was thinking about yesterday um, that was like, I, 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 you know, I was just sort of pondering on. Um, was this like you know when you when you kind of think about a lot of the games that have come out this year um like they kind of just came and went you know it's like the last of us 2 came out and everyone was so hyped about it and then like you know a couple weeks later nobody was talking about it anymore like and and if not, uh, 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 we talk about it every week on this show, Jordan. Okay. Literally, no, no, no. literally every week. And it, it in terms of like a game that has taken up the news cycle, I it's the biggest one I think of the year. Like people yeah, just talk think? this game to to death. Like I I 
I don't know why I'm so passionate about this, but I've seen too many tweets about The Last of Us over the course of this year to be to to to, to say that I only saw two weeks worth of tweets. It's been it's been a year long struggle for me. But that's the that's the weird thing because I genuinely haven't like I remember seeing like a lot of tweets about it when when like it had come out and everyone was talking about it and then like you know like yeah like like you know like a month later just like it, it was gone like no one was talking about it and it just sort of I think it just it just really to me it says a lot about not just not just this year in video games but just sort of like the state of video games in general that has sort of been for the past couple of years like games are just sort of like built up to this unattainable level and then when they come out you know yeah people are excited when they come out but then they don't they don't have that that staying power that like it seems like like certain other games do you know but i'm still today like still seeing people talk about animal crossing and it's not even just like with like you know when an update comes out and people are talking about it like you know i still see like those little like animal crossing tweets pop up in my feed you know every like you know week or so so like you know, it, it definitely, I, I honestly do think it is a game that stayed with people a lot more than a lot of these other, like, like way more hyped up games. Like, I would actually go so far to say Final Fantasy VII is probably one of the, one of the, the only other game that I did genuinely see people talking about for a while after it had come out. Um, but, like, even the same thing with Ghost of Tsushima. Like, you know, it, it, everyone was so hyped up for it. And I even, there like, was a guy I worked with who was, like, who couldn't shut up about it. And then it came out. And then, like, like, like not even like a like a couple weeks later he just moved on to the next thing like he just wasn't even well i mean that's kind of the thing i mean when you have major releases like you're looking we talked about ubisoft earlier but like hey they released watchdogs and then you know a month later they're like hey here's assassin's creed and you know people are playing assassin's creed but now cyberpunk's out it's kind of the cyclical nature of it um yeah and i per like i personally fell off of animal crossing i haven't played that game well i mean i've, I've kind of checked in maybe once or twice since like april so like I was really into it for the first few days. I enjoyed it. I, I I like Animal Crossing, and then I jumped off. And I think that the reason, obviously, that it's staying in the sort of cultural lexicon and why we're talking about it now is because it's a games as a service kind of thing. In that, it gets updates, and that's what drives people back to it. It's like, hey, go check out this event. Go check out this thing, which kind of makes sense why it stood the test of time this year. And I agree that it is like the perfect game for the year. I remember Chris Chris was talking about it in Slack like a few weeks ago, just like having like birthday parties in it and how it's been able to bring people together. It's, it's a very interesting pick for game of the year, well, but yeah, as someone yeah. who hasn't played it since April, I have to give it to final fantasy seven as like a complete experience. Hey, well, that's, that's kind of what I was, um, that's kind of what I was going to say also, like, like sort of building on, on that point, like, like, you know, I, I think I can't remember if, if it was you, Alex, or if it was Chris who kind of said when we first talked about it, um, that like animal crossing, like, isn't isn't game of the year but it's definitely like the game of this year um, i think it was chris yeah which which i which i you know when i when i thought about it i honestly i, I kind of feel like it's a little reductive because like obviously like no like no game sort of like exists in a vacuum like every sort of game is sort of a product of the time it comes out um or i guess the like the, the, the you know the, the generation that it comes out um because like to me like animal crossing like is such a well-made game like it looks really like it's beautiful to look at um just the the amount of like little detail that they that they put into it like little things that still sort of like impress me you know um like it's it's you know whether or not i guess yeah the mileage you're going to get out of its gameplay loop i guess is definitely going to vary from from player to player right but i think um 
like like sort of like you said like you know it, to, to sort of like compare it i guess to um to final fantasy 7 uh like like chris said and say that final fantasy 7 is like the better made game i i kind of i kind of disagree but not, and, and not to say that final fantasy 7 like isn't as well made as uh animal crossing like they're both so like superbly made games just for like obviously for different reasons right um but yeah, like like and like both you said, and, and and I'll add to it too. Like, Animal Crossing was one hundred percent like the game that we needed. Like it was, you know, it came out right when we needed it. Um, and I'm right there with you. Like like when I was sort of stuck inside for the first like kept like you know like month or two of the, of the pandemic. Like like I had friends who I hadn't seen in forever who like both had you know Animal Crossing and like almost like every other night you know we were jumping on Animal Crossing, getting on like a like a like a group chat. And like, just like talking to each other, like, like, like we were able to see each other, right? Like, and so I think so many people were able to sort of like mitigate how much the pandemic sucked um, and still sucks because of Animal Crossing, right? And being able to sort of have that, that connection with people through this video game. And, and, and even like when you consider too, how many people this year alone probably like were like actually got into gaming because you know they were stuck inside they they were able to but get switches and they all and they got animal crossing and it was something to help them sort of like get through it right like mm. this is this is gonna definitely i think gonna be a game that actually like launched a ton of people just into like gaming in general um so yeah like, oh sorry go I ahead. no i definitely see the the argument for it being the game that like like you're talking about like games for impact in like 2020 and like the game that like sort of fit with the year and help people through it i i, I can see the case for for animal crossing for sure uh i guess for me i'm just comparing it to um the the, the 3ds game and i just enjoyed that game a lot more than this one and i played it for a lot like i put like a lot more hours into that game yeah. so it's it's a weird thing where I can see that the impact of this game was more and the way that they did a games as a service style thing made it, you know, last and people are playing it still, but it's just a thing where it's like, yeah, but I don't know if I can give a game of the year if it's one that I didn't like as much as the previous one kind of thing. And that's the weird thing because even like with, with, with sort of like with Chris saying too, that like, you know, that like I, cause I, cause I was right there sort of almost with you guys where like, like when, when, when new leaf came out, like I genuinely, I, I wrote a, I, I wrote a freaking blog about it. That was like this, this game is perfect. There never needs to be another Animal Crossing ever again. Um, but then like, like you know, the even like the more I play, because yeah, I, I sunk God knows how many hours into into New Leaf. Um, but the, you know, and there were a few things that I was kind of like, well, you know what? I think like this could make it better, or like this could make it better. Like, and and these were things that like genuinely got fixed in uh new horizons right like like the way that you know uh in new leaf where like if you wanted to do like an ordinance and put down something right like you know where you could put it was like super duper specific and you know wouldn't it be better if things were sort of laid out on a grid that you could like select where you want to do it okay here's a new here's a new feature where you can just place items on the island like they're just like regular stuff and it all works on a grid layout perfect you know one of my even my one of my genuine complaints back then too was how like when when crazy red showed up and you couldn't like decipher which which of the paintings were fake or which were not and you had to go on the internet to do like like i was like wouldn't it be better if maybe he like gave you hints or you could actually like 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 inspect the uh, the the painting and see if there's like the like, discrepancies boom they fixed that in new horizons like 
literally almost every problem I had with New Hor- or New Leaf was fixed in New Horizons. And then on top of that, they added like so much more in terms of like actual customization like the way you can customize your your person right off the bat without having to just like answer questions which i know some people do like i kind of like that too but at the same time like just general customization is always better like the way you can change your island like even now like i'm still like finding little ways to sort of just like change the layout of my island and just sort of like you know fix things or change things around like change the whole like dynamic and and continue to build on it like there's just so much room for creativity and and growth in New Horizons, that I, I genuinely don't get how 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 both of you can say that that New Leaf was just like I guess a better game. Like, yeah, to, to to come back to what I said earlier about it not being like the best Animal Crossing, or me at least hesitating to call it that, is that you know they, they definitely did fix the engine and they definitely improved it. Terraforming, I can't imagine the series without terraforming now. But there was a content level in New Leaf that's just not there presently. Like there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I actually went back yeah. to Amiibo Festival recently after we were talking about it, and uh, just like, oh yeah, that character. Oh yeah, that character. Oh yeah, that event that comes up. Like there's so much stuff that's not there presently that I'm sure they'll add down the line. Brewster's Cafe when. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah like yeah. that—that's the reason why I, I hesitate to call it the best Animal Crossing because it's not there yet. It will be in time. It, yeah. But. Yeah, exactly. Like, like at its at its yeah. current state, it it is it does feel like a games as a service more than any Animal Crossing. In in like, I mean, you know, Animal Crossing games have always had the events to get people to go in, but in terms of like adding content and and sort of making the game better, it's it's sort of been a slow drip. And I think that as much, and I think the reason I fell off of it was, you know, I played it and I played it and I played it for like a month straight, and then I had I felt like I had done everything that was currently available, and. You know, I said, okay, I'm going to go back to Animal Crossing eventually, and I just haven't gone back. But where, where, whereas with New Leaf, it was all built into the game, so it was sort of like, hey, I'm playing Animal Crossing, and I didn't reach that point where I was like, okay, I'll come back, until I was like 120 or something hours in. So I think it's it's kind of a different it's a different model they're going with it, and that's why I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much. And I think that's and so, sort of what Chris is saying there too. Like yeah, that being, no, that being no, said, I, like my I... most played games of the year, it's definitely tops. Like I, I put the most time into it this year out of everything. Like I, I played mm. daily for you know six months or so. I kind of fell off in September and came back when they announced the Halloween stuff, and I went back and changed my island a lot more. And like I've, I keep tweaking Still things. Still waiting for the holidays, I'm... but it'll be there. Oh, I know it's yeah, been a long I, way, I... but um, <laughs> yeah, like it, it, like Animal Crossing was, was my top played game. Um, but I don't know that it would have been as successful this year without the pandemic. Like that's the thing. Like that's why I say it's the game of the year because it provided this essential service for everybody. Essentially, like being able to meet in those places. Like I've I've got a game room set in my house in the game where I can like host a D and D game with my friends. Like if we're all on chat, like we can actually <laughs> yeah. pretend to hang out. Like, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if it would have done the same purpose otherwise. To that to that point, like like I said, right? Like no, nothing exists in a vacuum. Like yeah, I'm sure if the if the pandemic didn't happen. Um, you know, Animal Crossing probably wouldn't have even got on this list because, you know, I'm sure there would probably would have been more game releases and, and circumstances yeah. would have just been different, right? But like, you know, um, I, I think it's kind of a moot point to say like without the pandemic, Animal Crossing like wouldn't have been as successful as it well, was. Because, see- I mean, it, it's still, I think, it, you know, it's an Animal Crossing game on the Switch that was like, you know, really, really highly reviewed and like, I'm sure it's, it would have been like probably just as successful, probably not at like, you know, to the, to the, to the nth degree, like that I'm sure it was because a lot more people got into it just because they were, you know, stuck inside, but it still would have been a, a, a deeply successful uh, game 
like regardless right because it's it's just like it's like any nintendo game like you know a a, a mario game without a pandemic is still going to be just as successful just because it's mario right like well but being successful doesn't mean it's a good game uh and and i think that if we're talking about like i mean personally if that's sort of what we're going with with like the game that defined the year i think that for me among us is that game in terms of like bringing people together and getting people who don't normally game into gaming and in terms of in terms of broadening the sphere of gaming and everything i know a lot of people who play that game you know on their phone because hey it's free i n- never really gamed before but like the murder mystery aspect of it it's easy to pick up and play and it's, mm-hmm. i mean it, it is kind of a moot point because it's not up for game of the year but i think that if that is what game of the year is then i think you put in you 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 put in the games that sort of had the big impact you put in the you put in the among us you put in maybe the fall guys and stuff and um but hey yeah, it's the game awards so who the hell knows what they're <laughs> what what they're thinking when they're when they're making these things and i think i yeah. think jordan you, I, I i think jordan and chris you guys both made good points about where animal crossing fits where, where um, final fantasy fits in there too and like whether it's the best game overall or whether it's the most impactful i think is almost up for i mean it, it's up for debate, but it's also like it, who knows what really factors into the decision. Yeah, and, and yeah. fan votes are a factor as well. So, you know, there's going to be a strong pull you know, for and against Last of Us because it's so divisive. Like, you're going to look at other people voting for and a lot of people voting for anything else, right? Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> that, that that gamer vote thing is a, is a huge wild card. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love I love that, uh, that, like, I saw this thing, someone, like, there was, like, these, this comparison of tweets between, like, um, the creators of uh, it was just like the super giant Twitter account that was like like they tweeted like oh my god like we're so grateful that that Hades got nominated for game of the year and like we never thought that this like you know this little game that we made was going to have such a big like effect and, and this and that and then beside it was like Neil Druckmann's Twitter account that was like all right Last of Us fans everybody go out there and vote you know to like make the <laughs> haters cry like kind of thing like like rallying his base to, to get last of us but that was i think that was for players voice i don't think that was actually for game of the year but like it's just it yeah. is kind of like telling of the fan base that, of, that uh, was a that was a weird thing to come out with this week the whole gamers vote thing like all of a sudden there's a separate like vote category like that's yeah yeah i didn't get it weird but, uh, I'm, I, I am i am looking forward to seeing uh dragon age 4 and the uh new smash character reveal tonight yeah for sure yeah i'm interested so who's it gonna uh, be guys uh, who's the smash character because by the time this goes up, it'll be out. So we'll either look oh, really smart or like, uh, no one will care. It's going to be Mike Jones Steve from Star Tropics. <laughs> Mike Jones from what? Star Tropics. Wow. That's that is Alex old. Jones from oh, God. the podcast. <laughs> I hope so. That's the case. <laughs> his, his final smash is he gets, he gets very red. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's got he's got a mean charge, but uh, you know what? <laughs> Give it to we 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 have a major PlayStation one. We have a major Xbox one, kind of sort of. Let's get some Nintendo character. No. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, that would. I mean, that would be a new. That would be a new thing, wouldn't it? Who's not um, in for Fire Emblem yet? Mm, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's throw another Fire Emblem character in there. Not enough. It'd be crazy. Uh, Waluigi. Well, it's Waluigi's time. It's happening. Well, okay. So here's here's the thing. So like, I I have long uh sit, like known or seen that like you know Nintendo does often um use like Smash characters as like a vehicle for like hyping up or like advertising games. Um, you saw like it was the whole reason Shulk ended up in the game 
because you know it, it like smash bros shulks had, like smash bros was announced around the same time that like um final or xenoblade 3d was coming out right so like they wanted to put eyes on on that uh it was sort of the same thing i think with lucina like they wanted to put eyes on on um uh fire emblem awakening and corin was the same thing they wanted to put eyes on on fates um so I, 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 part of me kind of feels like maybe a, a Breath of the Wild character might show up just, you know, to, I guess to put eyes on, uh, on, on Hyrule Warriors, but, mm. you know, um, at the yeah, same time, I, I... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, there's, there's such a long development too. Like they've had this plan for a while and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the characters are like all done. <laughs> there were some yeah. Sakurai saying like we've had these locked in since you know X period, so like like Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity seems like it kind of popped up well after that. So yeah, but who knows mm-hmm. how long they were working on that too, right? Like game development just does, unless you're Ubisoft, it didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> Yikes! I think it's gonna be Travis touchdown from No More Heroes. I would love no, you know what? But they no because they threw in the 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 me like character skin. So I think like you know when they do that, that's sort of like the hey, we're not putting this guy in, but here's a skin for your me character. Like I, I I still I really still want to hold on to hope that Gino from uh, Mario RPG is gonna find his way into Smash. Like I know he's been a long time like a long asked character, long requested character, and I would love to see him too. Um. You know, maybe they would do that alongside like a release of Mario RPG on this on the this the Super Nintendo online service. Like that would be cool. But I mean, Steve from Minecraft is in Smash Bros. So all I think all bets are off. Anytime, anytime you think you you know who's going to go into Smash, you, you're just you're just wrong. But my my personal hope is that, and this is a total shot in the dark. This this won't happen. But my personal hope would be that it'd be one of the Final Fantasy characters who actually appeared on a Nintendo console. You know, like, uh, you know what? I actually, I, it's it's so funny because I I remember I had this, uh, you know, yeah, going going back to my old blog when I was in like you know college, I always had this this sort of idea for like a Smash character that would be um the the original NES like sprites the same way that they sort of did Mega Man, but like sort of like sort of like the original sprites of like the warrior, the thief, and like the like the I gotta be like the red mage, yeah. Uh, from like the first Final Fantasy, and you would sort of like the way like Pokemon Trainer works, you would like swap between them. So you know, like the warrior like hits hard but doesn't have like a lot of like mobility. The thief is a lot faster, but it's you know attacks are a lot lighter. And like the mage is, or even just do black mage, right? Like the black mage sort of has like Zelda's sort of like magic capacity, but like mobility for nothing and attack for nothing, right? So like, and then you could sort of like you know yeah like swap between them to sort of be the most effective fighter i always thought that would be a really cool idea and and do and pay like genuine homage to like final fantasy's origins on the nes yeah that i'm 100 percent there i would love that that was my that was my freaking childhood baby um <laughs> so that was, that was yeah, the same they, like they've already got cloud they've already got uh the, the hero from dragon warrior squares kind of done with this unfortunately that was that was actually the same blog too, where I, I I mapped out how like Simon Belmont would work, and like literally to a T, they actually like built the character. The exact this was like this honestly, God was like like six seven years before they announced it, and I was like I I called everything they did except for his up B. Like I thought his up mm. B was gonna be like a whip. Like the some same would way say, 
someone says the up B is the most important though, Jordan. So. Well, yeah, mm. that, yeah, it's true. It is true. But I mean, like at the at the time, you know, Olimar was the only character who had like a genuine sort of like up whip or like even like Venus or Ivasaur. So I was like, that's how his whip would work, right? His up B would just be like an up whip that would grab ledges and stuff, right? But like to a T, his I called his down B being being the holy water. I called his side B being the boomerang cross. I called his standard B being the axe. I like I knew that guy. Inside and out, because Simon Belmont, I mean, he is, he has a special place in my heart. Yay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I guess, uh, I guess we can wrap it up here. So I, so final, final, final says my, my, my game of the year is 100% locked in is going to be Animal Crossing. Chris, 100% lock it in, buddy. Uh, what I want it to be is Fallen Pass 7 Remake. Okay. No, but there's no there's no wants. You have to lock it in. Lock in this what is, this I is want. The... Lock in my choice or lock in what's going to win? No, I or want do... you to lock in your choice. I don't want this my... like wishy-washy. I hope it's this. I want you to lock it in. Because what I what I choose and what it will win is going to be very different. But Final Fantasy VII Remake is my choice. Okay. That's locked in, baby. Alex, lock it uh, in, I hope, buddy. I hope that Overwatch wins Game of the Year 2020 at the Game Awards. <laughs> Locking Shut it in. up. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Like Chris, I'm a bit, a bit not sure. But you know, I believe in the academy, and I believe well, in Jeff Keighley. I believe in it. So it, it, it's a, it's a scrappy up and comer, but we believe in uh, in this little this little you know passion project called Overwatch that you know just yeah. sort of sprang up from very humble origins. From a small studio called Blizzard. Mm. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Sounds Act French. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sounds. Activizen. Is that is that Irish? Anyway. Lock it in, buddy. I am locking in The Last of Us 2, just so it's on this podcast. Oh my god. As, um, <laughs> the biggest laugh of the year. You, you are not welcome back on my podcast. You know <laughs> what? It's it's a good time to go out and uh <laughs> in a blaze of glory. A high note. Take it. Uh no, I'm just kidding. You can come back anytime. Oh. I love uh I love the I love having a con a contrarian other than myself on this podcast if i'm a contrarian to contrarian am i really a contrarian uh sometimes i feel like you are okay well well, well we'll we'll ruminate on that but i feel like sometimes i feel like 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 in your heart of hearts you're not but then wow. whenever like i get involved it, it comes <laughs> out of like a little demon i don't know jordan you're just so um um talk t talkable at <laughs> thank you i'm gonna put that okay. on, I, I, want, I want to put that on my on my tombstone Oh, oh no! Was, I, was at. Wow. <laughs> I'll, we'll work on the grammar. We have lots of time, hopefully. No, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect the way it is. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> and with that, we have come to the epic conclusion of this Game of the Year Pixels and Ink podcast for the year of our Lord 2020. If you want to find us and any, I mean, we didn't really talk about any stories, but I think we might have a, a, a game of the year, like article up maybe usually every year we tip, we typically do one, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're doing, um, I'm not, I'm not sure. If, I, I think Chris and, and, and Clement are, are taking on coverage yeah. of it today. So okay, by the time yeah, this is up, we should have a whole, we used to do, we used to do, we had like the, we would, we would make like the Google like sheet and everyone would like vote on it. But I think this year just has just been so hectic within the, uh, within the magazine itself that like, um, I don't know if we got around to doing it, but you know, we will have coverage as uh, Alex and Chris both said. So if you want to check any of that out, you can find it at cgmagonline.com. 
if you want to find us on social media, uh, CG Mag online on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you want to find me on any of the socials, you can check me out at Ninja Jordan underscore on Twitter. You can also find me on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. I uh, just shifted into winter mode, so I'm doing all kinds of winter themed games, starting with uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Uh, I'm probably going to do some Iceborne, uh, and uh, I guess we'll see uh, from there. But, uh, Chris, where can we find you on the socials? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hoogathy, that's H-O-O-G-A-T-H-Y, or on Twitch at Guild2Taps. And Alex, where can we find you these days? You can find me wherever you'd like to, but specifically find me as the co-host of CGM Flashbacks on CGMagOnline.com with my good friend, handsome guy, Cole Watson. We talk about stuff. We, uh, we're kind of pissed off at CD Projekt Red because they keep kept delaying Cyberpunk. And now, I don't know. Cole has the game now. There'll be an episode. But also on, on all social media networks at Alex Hansiuk. And um, watching all of Jordan's videos. So check those out when they go up. Did you watch? Did you watch my last, my Donkey Kong, where I sang a little bit of Brental Floss, and it was really, uh, was really awesome. I uh, haven't yet. Every did of Jordan's watch, videos except the latest one. I gotta wait till there's video where I took uh, Father Gascoigne to to task, and I was really proud of that. I'm gonna be real. I just watched the Animal Crossing Weibo Festival <laughs> one like eight times. So. I I don't know. That's where all the views keep coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then you just you just keep subscribing and unsubscribing, so it looks like I have growth. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, no, you know it's what friends do. It's what friends do. Yeah, I can always count on you, Alex. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So from all of us here at CG Mag, thank you for listening and stay inside, stay safe, wear a mask, and listen to great podcasts from great people.